Hi, friend. Welcome to episode 29 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Today, I talk with world-class vocal coach Rena Cook, whose new book, Empower Your Voice, Women in Business, Politics, and Life, comes out in February. Every day I gotta stop for a minute Think about how good my life is with you in it Every day I wanna stop and think about you I'm your podcast host, Sally Adams. Every week, I talk to people about creating original work for a live audience. Thanks for subscribing. I could still use a few more reviews on iTunes. And thanks to Beck, George, and Pat for your iTunes reviews. You can also send an email to sally at sallypal.com. Your ideas keep great conversations coming every Monday evening. Check out sallypal.com join for the free 20-page theater resource. It's a glossary of live performance support you'll need for your show. I'm working on an additional performing arts insert. I'm interested in knowing what you'd like to have as a resource. Do you need more information about venues? Do you want to know how to put butts in seats on the cheap? Would you like some ideas to help you connect with other creators? If there are things you want included in the creator's notebook, let me know by sending an email to sally at sallypal.com. I read them all. Myself. In this episode, you'll hear my guest, Rena Cook, share her vocal expertise. Rena's got a new book coming out in February. You'll find Empower Your Voice, Women in Business, Politics, and Life on Amazon.com. And as a side note, Rena's last book became a fought-over resource among my drama teacher friends, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Rena and I talk about why you should practice breathing. Don't laugh. It's really important. And I'm being serious. We also talk about developing your authentic voice as a separate entity from your familiar voice. We talk about other stuff, too, like voicing game characters and why women in politics need to pay attention to their voices. And yes, I can't stop talking about the Oprah Winfrey Golden Globe speech. It was so good. Michelle Obama gets a mention as well, because she's pretty cool. Rena's a ton of fun, and she knows her stuff. If you care whether people want to listen to you, I recommend you listen to this episode. You can find more on Rena's website, myvocalauthority.com. That's M-Y-V-O-C-A-L-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y dot com. There, I spelled it. Be sure and listen until the end of the interview for Concise Advice from the Interview and Words of Wisdom from George. Let's get started. Rena Cook, welcome to Sally Pal. Oh, thank you. I am so excited to be here to do this with you. Oh my gosh. You are one of my mentors. And as I often say to people, most of what I know about directing, I stole from you. Wow. I am, I am humble. Well, I still say it. You know, the best stuff sticks. You're doing some very interesting things. Let's talk a little bit about the path you took to get where you are. When you and I first connected, I was directing theater and teaching high school theater and working in the professional community. I wanted to grow as an artist, and so I went back to school and got an MFA in directing and started teaching at the college level. So I directed and taught at the college level theater for, I don't know, 10 years. And then I got obsessed with the speaking voice 
And it was like nothing I did with actors mattered at all if their voice was not working. So I don't know if you remember this. I quit my job at Oklahoma State University and went to London for a year. I do remember that. That was a pretty big deal. Oh, my God. For me, it was like the biggest deal of my life. I'm sure. I spent a year in London studying all things voice. I got a master's degree in voice studies. And during that year, I went to theater every week and sometimes twice a week and went to concerts and opera and just really sucked the marrow out of being in London and came back then with this emphasis on voice. And then for the next almost 20 years now, God, I can't believe it's been that long, I have been training professionally bound actors, voice, and movement. So that's what I've been doing over the past decades, honing how do you get actors to really own their voices in an authentic way. We want them to be heard. We want them to be expressive. But before that, they have to sound like real human beings. How do you get there? That's been the focus of my work since I retired from, well, I didn't retire, retire. I doubt you'll ever retire, retire. I'll never retire. <laughs> you really have to start from a very authentic place. This is with actors and with people. I call them real people, meaning non-theater folk. How do you get them to connect with that authentic thing that makes them uniquely them? Every person has it if they get out of their own way. Oh, that's the key, right? Yeah, it is. It's getting out of that place of tension and fear and self-consciousness, which we all have, actors and non-actors alike. Actors train so they know when they're doing it. They know when they're tense. They know when they're not connected. But people outside the theater who have not trained in that way, they don't know why they're not getting the promotion. They don't know why people don't think their leadership material, even though they've had experience and great evaluations and people love them and what's the problem. Going back to how I got here, I began obsessing about 10 years ago as to whether the techniques that I use to train actors worked for real people, for people outside the theater? And the answer is, yes, they do. (laughs) I don't have attorneys laying on the floor kicking their legs in here. (laughs) Which you do with students. Actors will do that forever. Yeah, you want me to roll on the floor? Sure. (laughs) I've streamlined the work. Professionals don't have weeks to wallow in breath work. They don't have weeks to wallow in release work to access their authentic voice and body. So I've been developing exercises, techniques, ways of talking about it that streamline it and shortcut it. That could be so useful. It took me a year to get to where I was breathing properly. And I 
literally studied for a year, you know. But, but you were also a singer. True, but the breathing affects everything. It affects speaking, singing. And as a teacher, you know, you've got to have a big voice from time to time. Breathing, Sally, is everything. Yes, yes. But I think when you're working with professionals who don't know that and don't value it in the same way, having a shortcut to get there could be really valuable. Oh, yeah. I use soda straws, drinking straws, and balloons to help people get the sensation of how the body moves when it's breathing deeply. You're going to have to describe that exercise for listeners. When a breath comes in, our center expands. When the breath goes out, the center engages. So imagine that you are inhaling and exhaling through a straw. And you exhale out for slow four count, and then you inhale for four counts. And if you put your hand on your belly and just be aware of how your center moves, you will notice that when you breathe out through the straw, your belly moves toward your spine. When you inhale through the straw, your belly releases out. And it's the same thing with a balloon, and a balloon is even more graphic. When you breathe to blow air into the balloon, you inhale, your belly expands a lot, and when you're blowing the air into the balloon, your belly has to engage to create support, right? And that's what support is, your abdominal muscles engaging to manage the flow of the exhale. I know you've done this with people. Are you finding that you're having some success with helping people understand? Oh, my gosh, yes. What's the reaction? You know, it's like, oh, my God. And then the minute you speak, when you are fully breathed, it's astounding to them. And their eyes light up, and sometimes they recoil back. And I'll say, sweetheart, that's your voice. That's your voice. Right. I have had a similar experience with vocal students, of course, because that's the basis of all singing is the breath. Absolutely it is. Yeah. But we speak and sing in the same voice. Isn't that interesting? Have you talked about that much? Because people don't think about speaking and singing being all that closely related. It is absolutely the same. The only difference is when I'm speaking, I don't sustain pitch. When I'm singing, I sustain pitch. And you've got to have breath for that. When you talk to people in the world outside of performing arts about creating this voice that's authentic, do you get pushback from people who say, this is my authentic voice? Oh, of course. And, and I say, it's your familiar voice. I love the distinction. That's perfect. Familiar versus authentic. Yeah. So where do people find out about working with you? Well, I work with corporations. I have a thing in Sedona. Arizona for three days with a group of attorneys. It's a course that I created called the Expressive Litigator. Attorneys especially either are under-vocalized or they, what I call bluff, over-vocalized. <laughs> I want to help them be authentically expressive. You know, you don't want to take away their personality, but you often need to take away that bluff, that layer of push. And the, the minute you see someone's shoulders go back and their chin come up and their chest come out, you know they're going into bluff. And you can hear it in my voice right now. And my chin is up and my shoulders are back and my chest is poked out. And I am the strongest person in the room. Not. Yeah. It's the same with actors, isn't it? That presentational style. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I get so frustrated with people who've been told all their lives what a great actor they are, when in fact, really what they are is a terrific presenter. Terrific faker. <laughs> right. <laughs> if the energy is not coming from deep in your center, now I can have as much energy as I want on the stage. Mm-hmm. But if it's coming from a place grounded in the, the abdomen, then the, the energy is never too big. Yeah, and, and say something about the abdomen, because we throw that word around like, oh, everybody knows abdomen, diaphragm, blah, blah, blah. It's actually, technically, Sally, it's the transverse muscle, which is the bottom muscle of the abdominals. You know, okay. we have the tra- the six-pack, which is the rectus abdominis. That's the six-pack. Sounds a little naughty when you say it that way. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> and then there's the oblique, and then there's that lower muscle in the lower abdomen below the belly button that is the transverse, and that is the muscle of support that manages the flow of the exhale. And it's down there under that muscle where authentic power resides. And isn't breathing the best exercise you can do for that muscle? Yes, I know. (laughs) People have no idea how important breathing is to your physical health. No, no. I mean, Andrew Weil, um, very famous doctor, uh, integrative medicine, wrote a book called Breath, The Master Key to Self-Healing. So his thing is that breath is is the key to healing, particularly with things like blood pressure, heart, stress, digestion, mm-hmm. all those stress-related illnesses. And I have also discovered in my research that breath is the link to authentic emotion. It's the link to your brain. Because mm-hmm. when we get stressed, we breathe shallow. When we breathe shallow, the prefrontal cortex shuts down. Really? Yeah. That's something I didn't know. Well, it starts that fight or flight response. Shallow mm-hmm. breathing starts the fight or flight response, the chemical shift that causes us to have stage fright, panic attacks, general free-floating anxiety. And when that's happening, the amygdala in the back of our brain gets red hot. It starts firing. The, the adrenaline, the cortisol, mm-hmm. and the prefrontal cortex, the front of our brain, shuts off. That's why people often say, I just, I, I didn't know what to say. I forgot everything. My brain shut down. Right, because it does. If you are breathing deeply, if you just go back to the deep breath, the brain switches back on. If you are breathing deeply, you reconnect with the authentic emotion. You don't have to manufacture it. It's all there. I tell my clients, I've been coaching, this is kind of off the track, but not, Mm -hmm. I've been coaching women running for office in Oklahoma. Great. That's fantastic. It's my give back thing. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I tell my clients, particularly my female candidates, when we talk about things, if we think about the movie in our mind as being the movie in our belly, that the camera lens of what we're showing the audience is in our belly. It puts the energy low in the body. 
If I'm talking to you from my brain of what I remembered up high in my body, you hear where mm-hmm. my voice goes? Yeah, I'm just th- I'm sitting here thinking about how to do that. So I'm going to focus, get my voice in my belly. Yeah, just focus on your belly. And it's like right there is the screen. And you're describing what you're seeing in your belly. You know, that's just relaxing just to think about that. Yes. And when we're relaxed, we're so much more in touch with our authentic impulses. One of the things I notice, because when you do a podcast, you hear all of the things that you do wrong. When I get excited, my voice pitches up and I talk faster and I breathe more shallowly. Uh-huh. How can I be excited and not have all those other things happen that aren't necessarily positives? For me, I do the same thing, but I just keep refocusing in my center. So the more excited I get and the more clearly I want you to feel what I'm feeling and seeing, I root it deeper in my body. And when I do sense it gets up too high, (laughs) I just take the next deep breath and pull it right back down. So now can I bug you about what you thought about the Oprah Winfrey Golden Globe speech? Oh my God, it was brilliant. Well, tell me as a coach, when you're watching it, what did you see that makes you say that? It was brilliantly crafted. The, the thing that Oprah does is that she is completely comfortable in her own skin. So she starts from a place of, of relief. She doesn't carry weird tension in her shoulders or in her head and neck. She always speaks from the heart because there's nothing getting in the way. You know, she's been on camera so many years and has had so much success at it that she is infinitely comfortable in front of the camera. And as a result, she can just speak from the heart. And if you go back and look at that, you'll notice where she sped up, where she slowed down. You'll notice where pitch goes up and where pitch drops down. There was infinite colors and variety in what she was saying. As a coach, I would have no notes to give her. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, right, uh, right. just keep doing what you're doing. For women and for men who want to learn how to do that authentic speaking that she does naturally from years and years in front of a camera. I know she meditates, and, of course, I'm sure breathing is important to her. What can you tell them to get them in a place where their nerves don't show up and all the color of their speaking isn't? The color of fear. One of the main strands of work that I'm doing is taming performance anxiety. It starts, first of all, from getting your body ready. I mean, actors know about warming up. And warming up is releasing habitual tension. And I, you know, I do an actor warm up that's simple and easy, that does all the major body bits, shaking or stretching so that the body is as released as it can be. And then you engage in deep central breathing. And I have several breath techniques that I teach that you just start the day of your major event. And throughout the day, every time you think about it, oh my God, I have a speech tonight, you go back to the breath exercise that keeps that chemical response from ever starting. Because once the chemical response of fear, of performance anxiety sets in, it takes 15 minutes of deep central breathing 
to clear that chemical reaction and get you back under control. Most of us don't have that kind of time. You have to be proactive. I mean, I know when I'm going to get a case of of performance anxiety, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I start every day with yoga and with my vocal yoga. And on the days that I present, which now in my career is almost every day, I'm doing a seminar, I'm doing a speech almost every day. There's a certain amount of anxiety always that goes with that. My God, I'm preparing for a TED Talk. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. And every time I practice it in front of people and I'm creating situations where I have to practice in front of people, my anxiety level starts to go up. So I know, you know, there's a lot at stake with a TED Talk because it can make you. Oh, absolutely. Whenever I'm getting ready to practice in front of people, I start the slow, deep breathing. I do the yoga. I do the stretches. I keep myself under control. I never let anxiety set in. And then, you know, as I'm walking to the space, I'm breathing. I'm rolling my shoulders. Slow, deep breathing. I make sure that my breath is centered before I start speaking. I just don't ever let it get into my body. I'm sitting here thinking, I am enjoying this so much. I am so glad to hear that. (laughs) So you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on again, and uh, that was vocal yoga was a term you used. You know, I do a whole regimen every day, and many people do. You know, they have the way they start their day, and to include vocal work as part of that. And so vocal yoga is just as important as yoga yoga to keeping the voice healthy. I mean, the voice is like any other muscle. If I want to be a runner, I have to run. If I want to be a baseball player, I have to play baseball. If I want to be a speaker, I have to exercise that muscle. Sure. As we get older, you start to notice those little occasional catches that you didn't used to have. Yes. I don't sing much anymore for just that reason. My voice is aging and it's not reliable. I mean, sure. I'm almost, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not young. I'm maybe like 20 years older than you are. I doubt that. <laughs> no, I think so. But because my voice is my livelihood, I do vocal yoga. I work my voice out every day. You know what else I've started doing? Oh my God, Sally, I don't think I've told you this. Okay. My secret hobby is voicing video games. No way. I love it. I'm so jealous. I want to do that. People are doing video games all the time. People are like, oh, will you do this? And they'll post an audition thing and I'll do a a little um, recording and send it in and they'll say, oh, wow, would you do this? Would you do that? I am fearless with, you know, like battle noises. I can take punches. (laughs) I can, and I can do it in character. 10 different characters and do 10 different you know, sounds of despair and battle. (laughs) Okay, okay. You just have revealed your big secret, so now I have to have you make one or two battle noises. Like, take take a punch or something. Okay. (laughs) I can totally see. (laughs) I was physicalizing here in my office. You have to really get the body involved with that. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. That's so great that you're doing that. How much fun. It is so much fun. And that's a great way to to, uh, be able to express yourself and find those probably little things about your own voice that you want to work on. I look at a picture and they'll say, this is the character. 
Oh, that's the character. I got that. What a wonderful boy. <laughs> now I know why my kids think you're so awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've, you've had my, my own students and my own kid as your students, and they all love, love, love you. Oh, my God. I love your kids. What is it like for you when someone comes to you after you've been working with them and says, I tried that thing and it worked. Oh my God, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I have this, this one young woman, I was doing this two hour thing for Tigros, you know, Tulsa Young Professionals. Yes. And they had me do it in outside, outside of a bar. And there's traffic downtown and it's hot and the sun is shining and they want me to do this thing about voice. So I do my thing about voice. And a week later, I got the sweetest email from a woman who said, in the, I have it memorized, my lungs are full of gratitude as I humbly accepted an opportunity to speak about my work on camera. I practiced the things that you taught us. I remembered to breathe deeply and to do the 478, which is a breath pattern that I teach. And I found my feet and I softened my knees and I took a big breath and I opened my mouth and it was wonderful. She sent me the little video clip. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. There are lots of, lots of stories like that. And it's infinitely gratifying. I mean, I loved Sally, I loved training actors. You know I did. Well, you were natural. It could tell when someone has joy in what they're doing. But working with real people who need this and never knew how to articulate it or how to find it, and when they get it and their careers move forward or they make a sale or something in the boardroom lands in a way that it never landed before, you are changing people's lives. You are always on fire, it seems like, but you sound fantastic. And I feel that my world has expanded since I left university. Rather than getting smaller, it feels like my reach is larger. I'm just in love with this new phase of my life. What is the advice that you would give to someone who wanted to be a speaker as you are or as Oprah is? Mm. If you want to be at the height of speaking effectiveness, you have to really, really work and train. And it's about release of physical tension. It's about deep and consistent breathing and about making space in your mouth. People in the ranks of Oprah and Michelle Obama, oh my God, is she an amazing speaker? Wow, yes. And if you look at the ease of the body, you look at the deep central breath and space in the mouth. And then you practice and you practice and you practice. That's my advice. How do people find you? How do they find your book? My new book, Empower Your Voice for Women in Business and Politics, is going to be available the 1st of February on Amazon.com. Wow, that's coming up. I know. Oh, my gosh. And my website is MyVocalAuthority.com. M-Y-V-O-C-A-L Authority. I'm not going to spell that. Dot com. MyVocalAuthority.com. Um, how far do you feel you've come as a result of the training that you've done? 
Oh, my God. My journey as a voice user, I mean, I was a little girl in black patent tap shoes forever, way mm. long beyond it was effective. Mm -hmm. And then I found a voice, and I used it way too much, way too hard. And then coming back to this place of grounded and centered, and it's just been the last few years that I feel it's all fallen into place. And it's really through a lifetime of exploring and learning and growing and teaching and writing I mean, I don't write because I feel I have something to share. I write because it helps me work through what it is that I do. It helps me get clearer. And that's one of the main reasons that I write. We don't ever attain the brass ring unless we really work hard for it. You know, and people who think that attaining your goals, your ease of speaking, of presenting, of leadership, of public office... Those things don't come easily. They are hard fought. And that's my advice. Well, you are a wise and beautiful woman, Rena Cook. Thank you, Sally. This has been such a joy to talk to you and reconnect. Congratulations on the success of your podcast. Oh, my God. It's weird. It's like there was a point at which I thought, oh, this is not going anywhere. And then some tipping point happened and it's starting to take off. It's, you know, I'm still one of the little guys, but... I'm I'm a little guy with big ideas. There you go. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, Sally, and I love you so much. Thank you so much, sweetheart, and back at you. It's time now for concise advice from the interview. A short version of tips from my guest, vocal authority, Rena Cook. Get up, get up. Here are 11 important bits of advice. Number 11, practice deep breathing every day because breathing is everything. Number 10, start from an authentic place in order to own your voice. Number 9, don't confuse your authentic voice with your familiar voice. Number 8, to be effective, your vocal energy must come from deep within your abdomen. If you project your energy from your belly, you'll speak with authenticity. Number seven, pay attention to how your favorite speakers express their thoughts. Number six, warm your body up to release habitual tension. Number five, on the day you know you'll be speaking to an audience, engage in deep central breathing and warming up of your body. Number four, if you want to be at the height of speaking effectiveness, you have to really, really work and train intentionally. Number three, make space in your mouth. Number two, relax your body. And the number one piece of advice from vocal authority, Rena Cook, practice Practice. Practice. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes. You can be part of the momentum that's building. Sign up for a free creator's notebook insert at sallypal.com join. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and 
Thank you for listening. I want you to pursue your dream to have your work on the stage in front of a live audience. It's scary, but Sally Pal is here with resources, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. I'm Sally, and this is Sally Pal. The P-A-L in Pal stands for Performing Arts Lab. Now, I have one bit of wisdom from my husband, George, the coolest guy on the planet. Hey, George, what's your wisdom for today? If you want to live a creative life, you must lose your fear of being wrong. Well said, George. Well said. Excellent advice indeed. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work or falling asleep to my online obsessions like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you create original shows for a live audience. All the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now, it's your turn to speak with authority. This is Sally. Thanks for washing the windows. Thanks for building some shelves for me. Thanks for cleaning my car. Thanks. Thanks for the thank you note. <laughs> I thanked you quite enough. Thanks for sharing the podcast and the blog. And I don't need to say that. I don't need to keep thanking you people. Now let's get to the conversation for the love of Mike. Uh, I'm going to say insert instead of resource, because then I won't be so repetitive. I hope that's right. I better look and make sure. My vocal authority. Damn! That would be so bad.